Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Proverbs 29.18. Proverbs 29.18. Uh, if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, look at your, na- your neighbor and say, where's your Bible, man? Come on, just, just tell them. Where's, where's, that's, that's a lot of neighbors. I don't see a lot of Bibles tonight. Uh, but if you got a Bible, Proverbs 29.18. 18. Um, let, let, let me catch you up. We started this series last week, and this series we started last week is called Born to Lead. Woo! Born to Lead. Come on, I don't know who just did that woo. Uh, it wasn't even a woo, it was a woo. Uh, but the, the premise of the series is that every single person in this room, every single person on this planet was born to lead. Now, let me just, just, just re- rewind the tape real quick. I know we said this last week that with the moment you hear that, that there are three different emotions. I'll, I'll pick on Garrett again. Uh, the number one emotion is Garrett Jones uh, looking fresh tonight in his baseball hat, uh, cow- cowboy boots. He's got his cross necklace on. He's looking fresh. And there are the Garrett Jones of the world, type A personality, stud muffin, cool guy, big man on campus, wears a cowboy hat sometimes. He's like, yeah, duh. Obviously, I'm a born leader. Look at me. I'm amazing. And then there are the, the other group of people that are like, I don't know, like maybe, possibly, I'm not really sure, and so you're skeptical. And then there are those of you in the room who this would have been me in high school, this would have been me in middle school, this would have been me in my first couple years in college, that if you, were to, if you were to say you are a born leader, I would have said, yeah, right. There's nothing about my life that says leadership. There's nothing about my life that says I'm supposed to be leading anyone anywhere. But we talked about last week how leadership in God's kingdom, and hear me, this is important, leadership in God's kingdom is not a title. It's, it's not a position of authority, has nothing to do with where you work or don't work. It's not organizational. But, but hear me, leadership in God's kingdom is simply this recognizing you have something to give. I remember one time someone, they, they heard me say this years ago that I think everyone's a leader. And they're like, no, it's not true. Everyone's not a leader. And, and I said, well, ho- hold up. Do you believe the, the, the Great Commission is a real thing? The Great Commission, if you don't know, Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus said, go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to follow me and obey the things I've They're like, absolutely, man. But like the Great Commission, it's right there. We're all supposed to be going and telling people. And I said, what do you think that is? See, this is leadership. Leadership is simply helping someone get from where they are to where they're going. That's leadership. Leadership is helping someone, whether it's by example, whether it is by encouragement, whether it is by prayer, whether it is by uh, uh, like you literally taking them by the hand. Leadership is simply helping someone get from where they are right now to where God desires for them to be. Did you know the Bible says this? That it is God's desire for every single person on planet earth to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Bible says, John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. We, we, we know this, but life is found in Jesus and, and in no other. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible goes, God's desire. If you want to know what's on God's Christmas list, God's desire is that all, someone say all. All people would come to know Jesus and be, be, be saved. You know what that tells me? That, we, that we're, we're born to lead. 
on your high school campus right now, God desires every single person on that campus to have an encounter with him that would change their life. God desires every single person on your team, every single person that, that, that you know, God desires all men to be saved. And the Bible says this, all of us, we've been called to use what we've been given to evangelize our world, to help people know who Jesus is and to use our gifts to build the church. The church is the hope of the world. Jesus said, I'm building my church. He has left his mission to the local church. And it's the local church that is the hope of humanity. In our call, every single one of us, we talked about this last week, we're all called by God. You, you, you can say you're not. You can either, uh, because of insecurity or apathy, be like, nah, I'm not called. The Bible is explicitly clear. We're all called by God to a place of leadership. We're all called by God to evangelize our world, to tell those in our sphere of influence about Jesus. And we are all called by God to use what we've been given to build the church. Look at your neighbor and say, you are talented. Come on, we need some more participation. Look at your other neighbor, the one you ignored the first time and say, you are talented. All of us, we have gifts and abilities. All of us have gifts. All of us have abilities. And God said, I've given you this for the purpose of reaching people and building my church. We're all called to lead. Here's what I want to talk about tonight, though. Tonight, as we are continuing our series, uh, I want to talk about something tonight that uh, you've probably heard me talk about in church before. But I want to talk about this word vision. Someone say vision. Someone say vision. Uh, I want to give you a definition on the screen of a vision. Um, I th th think it'll be on the screen giant android that is not the definition uh listen to this, this definition i want to give you vision is not someone say is not. is not vision is not goals on a whiteboard or aspirations for success or achievement 20 i want to say 2020 2021 american culture when we hear vision immediately for for the most of us we think about like goals yeah, man, like what's, what, what are your five-year goals? What, what, what's the vision you have for your life? What, what do you see for the future? And we think about vision as goals on a whiteboard, New Year's resolutions, aspirations for the future, success, achievement. But, but according to God's word, let me give you a, a, a proper definition. Vision is a word from God that paints a picture on the inside of the future he has for you. Did you know that God is not as interested in your plan for your life as he is in his plan for your life? That, that God is not as interested in you and I just going, God, these are my amazing plans. Bless them. Actually doesn't work like that. God goes, nah, you can go somewhere with that. I love you and I'm going to be with you. But, but, but God, he blesses the things that he's already, he, he's already purposed. He's already planned. He's already ordained. And vision, hear me tonight, if you get nothing else, vision is not your idea of success. Vision is not your idea of what you think you, your future looks like. Vision, according to God's word, it is when you get a word from God. Brandon, what do you mean word from God? I mean when you hear God speak. Maybe not in an audible voice. Probably not in an audible voice, to be honest. But when, when, when you know that you know that God has spoken to you, and God gives you a word, God speaks to you, God does something in you, and all of a sudden you can close your eyes and you have a vision, you have a picture painted in your heart of the future that, that God has for you. I'm talking about vision tonight. Proverbs 29, 18, it's where we're asked you to turn. We're not gonna read a ton of scriptures tonight, but we're gonna read a couple. And I wanna read this to you and then I will give you the title of the sermon and uh, we're gonna jump into this. But Proverbs 29, 18, it says this, this where there is no revelation, 
where there is no revelation. Uh, Isaiah to make a come here real quick. I, this is not planned. This might not go very, very well at all. Uh, but let me give you a quick, quick little illustration. Isaiah, everyone give it up for Isaiah. Come on, it is summertime. Sun's out, guns out, my man. Jesus, if I could ask you one thing for Christmas, it would be to have biceps like Isaiah. Brandon, that's weird. Come on. All right, all right, say that real quick. Comes up. So this is totally unplanned, but this is going to be the greatest example of all time. It's going to blow your minds. You're going to go home and you're going to tell your mom, my mind was blown tonight. Forget Vegas. Look at Brandon's weird examples. All right, I want you to put this around your, your face like it's a, uh, like a, a blindfold. Blindfold, all right, cool. All right, man, you're looking good. You're looking good. Hey, by the way, parent fail, in case you're curious, my current parent fail, uh, Tuesday was pirate day Yar. at my daughter's preschool. Ed, that's enough, bro. That's enough. I'm just kidding. Um, and, and she didn't have a, have a pirate costume. And so I'm like, I know what we're going to do. And so I took like, I thought were washable markers. They were washable somewhat. And I drew a big black eye patch on her eye and I gave her a big beard and I tatted up both of her arms. She looked so pirate. The only problem is today was her preschool graduation and it may not have washed off all the way. But she looked dope, though. She, she, she looked real, real, real dope. All right, all right so, all right, so here, here's what I want to do. Isaiah, put your hands behind, behind, behind your back. Uh, what's up, men of God? You can move the chairs wherever you need to move them to feel comfortable. All right, hands behind your back. Isaiah, yeah. can you see anything right now? Mm-mm. Okay, you can't I see can anything. see the color red. You can see the color red. All right, hands are behind your back. I want you to keep them there. Pretend like you are handcuffed. You and I, hear this tonight. You and I, in our natural ability, what we think we can see is, is not always accurate. And, and you and I, in our natural ability, we do not have the ability to actually see the truth or the future that God has for us. We, we can't do it. We, we, we have, like Isaiah's demonstrated tonight, we have blinders on our eyes. And revelation, someone said revelation. Revelation, revelation is when the Holy Spirit comes. And he does what we cannot do. You, you and I right now, we are like Isaiah, our hands behind our back. We got a blindfold on our eyes. We cannot see as, as though we should. And revelation is when the Holy Spirit comes and removes something we cannot do, removes that blindfold so that we can see. Everyone give it up for Isaiah and tell him he's the man. You can go sit down, bro. Thank you so much. All right, I, 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 want, I, want to just, I want you to see that tonight, and here's why I wanted you to see that. Because here's what Proverbs 29 18 says, ready? Where there is no revelation. Really what that word means is vision from God. If you go to the original translation, really the most accurate way of that word to say it is vision from God. And what Proverbs 29 18 is saying is that when you have no vision from God, people cast off restraint. Anybody, have you ever quit in the middle of something before? You ever quit in the middle of something before? Um, I have quit in the middle of every single diet I've ever gone on. Like, okay, this, this is real, people. Uh, I'm, I'm 33 years old. I got three kids, six, four, and two. Me and Andrew Payne were talking about this before the service. Like, the dad bod is real. And I'm like, no, anti-dad bod. Like, we, we cannot be, be letting this happen. And so last week, I'm like, that's it. I'm going to eat healthy. I ate healthy for three days. And then my wife made brownies. And I'm like, healthy is stupid. Let's eat brownies and drink milk. That, that's what I'm talking about. But the Bible goes, when you have no vision from God, 
when, when you have no, no revelation, when there's no vision from God, what you will do every single time is you'll quit right at the starting line. You will cast off restraint and go, this is dumb. Like, I, I don't need this. This doesn't make sense anymore. This is hard. This is uncomfortable. The Bible goes every single time where you have no vision from God, you will cast off restraint. Happy is he, content is he who, who keeps the law or a better translation of that would be who keeps God's ways, God's purpose and God's plan. I wanna give you this title tonight. Title of the sermon is simply this, can you see it? Last time I'll make you do this, I promise, but look at your neighbor and just say, can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? All right, close your eyes, bow your head. Let's pray, ask God to speak to us and get into this. God, tonight we are desperate for you to take the blindfold off of our eyes. It, it, it's the truth. It's the reality. In our natural ability, we don't have the ability to see your purpose and see your plan for our life. We, we don't have the ability to see all the time what truth really is, what the reality of your ways and your will really is. And so what we need is we need Holy Spirit for you to do what only you can do. We need you to take the blindfold off of our eyes and to give us vision from God, to, to give us a revelation. God, I pray tonight for every single person under the sound of my voice, that tonight, God, you would give us vision, you would give us revelation and help us to see something, deposit something in our heart that we've never seen before. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Uh, by show of hands tonight, do you have anything, you don't, you don't gotta say it, you don't gotta like, you know, make it public, but do you have anything about yourself right now, habit, something you do, something, you know, that it's like an intricacy to you that you just don't really like and you, you would kind of like, like to get rid of it. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. So I will give you, um, like, I, like, I got four hands up. Yeah. Um, I got many things about myself that I'm like, ah, I wish that wasn't the case. For, for example, I, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple. Um, don't laugh at this. Don't you laugh. Pray for me, but don't laugh. Um, there are times, there are times that I really wish I didn't have such big eyebrows. Is what it is. It is what it is. And, and hold up, hold up, hold up. Here, here's the reason why. This, this is just, I'm like, I'm letting you into my soul right now. Here's the reason why. Because both of my, gran, uh, my, my grandfathers, who, who are both deceased, both of my grandfathers, they were bald as a cue ball. And I've been told that you always take after your mom's dad, which had no hair. And I look in the mirror sometimes and I'm like, oh God, these eyebrows are too big for a bald head. God, you must preserve my hair. I wish these eyebrows were a little bit smaller. Another thing that I don't, I don't really like about myself is I bite my nails like crazy. Any, any nail biters? I don't know when I started, um, but I wish I didn't bite my nails and I've tried everything. J just real quick, Paul, anybody, do you have any tactics you've tried to stop biting your nails? Yeah, Anna. You sit on your hands, okay? Sit on your hands, okay? Yeah, uh, the Vegemite. It's called it's called no more bite. I've tried it, didn't even work. I'm like, I don't even care. This tastes bad, but I'm still into it. Yeah, Caitlin. Well, this doesn't apply to you, but I get my nails done. So. Oh, you get your nails done. Yeah, I can't get my nails done. Yeah. Well, I can't. Yeah, I don't. That doesn't apply to me actually. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, last one, Caspian. Because I have nubs, man. I'm like, these nubs look weird, bro. I don't like, 
I'm always looking at my hand like, yeah, this is, this is awkward looking. This is awkward. This is true. These are facts. Yeah, one more. Noah. Uh, wear, gloves. wear gloves. All right. So you, you guys are going to see me at church and I'm going to be like wearing gloves. I'm going to be sitting on my hands and like, you know, like, you are so awkward. I'm trying to stop biting my nails. All right. But here, here, here's something that, okay, hold on. Here, here's the last one. Here's something that I really don't like about myself. Here's something I really don't like about myself. And, and maybe, maybe you can relate. One of the things that I really am bothered by and, I, and I, I don't like about me a lot of times is that even though I know stuff, I don't actually always do it or, or apply it. Like here, here's the reality for every single one of us. We know more than we do. This is why I still on occasion hit the drive through at McDonald's. I know it's bad, but I'm still hitting the drive through and, and I think it's especially relevant when it comes to, I don't know, we're in church, uh, like the things the Bible teaches us. Here's what I know about every single one of you. Maybe every single one of you. I don't know everybody. But, but if I were to sit you down, you probably know way more about God's word than, than you think you do. You probably know way more about God's ways than, than, you, th- than you think you do. Like, like, like right here, here, here's what I would bet, that not a single person in this room, not a single intelligent person, not a single thinking person that has any kind of um, a, a belief in God or scripture, not a single person would go, nope, God does not have a calling on my life. I, I don't think anybody would do it because any like thinking, logical, smart person who has any consideration for what the Bible says can clearly see in the Bible no, actually, the Bible's pretty clear. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5 says, Before I was born, God knew me. God purposed and planned my life, and God set me where, where I'm set. Psalm 139, verse 16 says that when I was in my mother's womb, God was putting me together, and he actually put all the days of my life in front of me. There's a purpose for me. Ephesians 2, 10 says that I'm God's workmanship. I've been created in Christ Jesus to actually do something on this earth. 2 Corinthians 5, 20 says that I'm the ambassador for Christ. Like, you cannot be a thinking person. You can't be a smart person. You can't be intelligent and have any consideration for the Bible and not believe, not logically know, God actually does have a plan for me. God actually does want to use me. Here's the question though. And here's what I don't like so often about myself is that even though I know that, I don't live that. Is there anybody besides for me that on occasion you just get a little irritated with yourself because like, you know, God has more for you. You you know, God has something he wants to do in your life. You know that God has something he desires for your future. And yet you, you find yourself sometimes growing even more apathetic and more disconnected from God. It's like, I know God has more for me. I know God has a purpose and I know God has a plan for me. Like I know God actually maybe has called me to be a leader and wants to use me. And yet, even though I know that, I live over here in apathy, complacency. And if I'm honest, I'm finding myself drifting further and further away from from God. Why do I do that? Well, Proverbs 29, 18 actually gives us the answer. Proverbs 29, 18 says, do you want to know why you 
you cast off restraint. That, that, that word restraint, let's just, you know, again, my amazing examples. Let's, I can't really actually do this. Let, let's pretend like this is, I don't know, some sort of like restraint. Proverbs 20, 18 goes, when you have no vision from God in life, you just go, nope, I'm not going to be disciplined. I'm not going to follow through. I'm not going to lean in. I'm, 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 I'm not, not, not going to be devoted. I'm, and the Bible goes where you have no vision, where, where you don't have a vision from God for your life. You will live in, in the land of complacency. You will live in the land of going, I know God has more for me. And yet I'm doing, doing, doing nothing about it. Here's kind of my, my big point tonight. And I'm going to give you some thoughts here in a minute, but here's kind of my, my big point. If you want to actually fulfill the purpose and plan God has for you, you have to have vision for your life. You, you have to have a word from God. That, that's kind of, it's like big churchy language, but you have to have something on the inside that God has deposited that, that you can close your eyes, metaphorically speaking, and that you have a picture in your heart of the future God has for you. Because if you don't, you will cast off restraint. What, what is it that will hold you? What is it that will keep you moving? What is it that will keep you leaning into God's purpose and plan? It's when you have a vision for your life. Quickly, I wanna give you just four things tonight and it really will be quickly. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. First thought that I wanna give you is vision brings clear direction. Brandon, what is it that vision will do for me? When, when, when I get a vision from God and I get a picture on the inside of the, of the purpose and plan that God has for me, what will that do for me? That will bring clear direction. I, I'll never forget my senior year in high school. Um, I had a really, really awesome plan of what I, I was gonna do. Have you ever made an awesome plan before and it got like shattered to pieces? Like you ever made like, a, like that's it. I'm taking this girl to prom and you go to like do, do the big ask and uh, she's holding her boyfriend's hand and you're like, well, that plan's not uh, going as, as planned. Uh, I, I had like a really big plan. Like this is what my future holds. You guys probably know this because I've shared it with you before, but I grew up in Southern California. I grew up in East Los Angeles. That's why I am a diehard Laker fan. Lakers forever tonight. The Lakers will play the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry can shoot all the threes he wants, but LeBron James is going to dunk it in his face. Um, so I, I'm, I'm from LA and, and we moved here my junior year in high school and I knew right away, I, I can totally do two years. I'll do junior, senior year here in Fort Mill in like wherever that is. One of my friends, when he found out I was moving, he was like South Carolina. And he literally asked me, he goes, do you get mail there? Like it's not a foreign country, bro. He's like, do they have like, like roads and stuff and mailboxes and like internet? And I'm like, what, what is wrong with you? Um, but, but I'm like, this is my plan. I, I started playing guitar when I was 12 years old. And, and I'm like, all I want to do is I want to do music professionally. That's all I want to do. I want to do music. I want to do music. I want to do music. And so here's my plan. I'm going to do my two years here. I'm going to graduate and I'm going back to California. And I'm going to go to Azusa Pacific University and I'm going to major in per, uh, uh, per performing arts uh, with a minor in, in, in guitar. And I'm going to study music and try to figure out a way to do something with music. This is my plan. I already had it figured out. All of my family lives there. I'm going to save money on tuition because I'm going to live with my grandma because my grandma lives right next to APU. This was my plan. 
And, and I remember getting closer and closer to the end of my senior year and closer and closer end of my senior year, all of a sudden just feeling on the inside like, I don't, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to do. H- have you ever been confused about something and, and like just felt like you didn't have a clue? I, I felt like here I am about to graduate high school and I don't have a clue. I didn't, I didn't tell anybody that, but I'm about to graduate high school. I don't think that my plan is such a good plan any, anymore. And, and that's awesome. You're going to this university. And that's cool. You're going here. But on the inside, I was so insecure because of that. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with my life. I'll never forget it. Washington, D.C. I was at a, a church conference with my parents. Final session, back row, main auditorium at the Hilton, downtown Washington, D.C. And God spoke to me. It wasn't an audible voice, but something on the inside, God spoke to me and I knew God was calling me. God was calling me to ministry. God wanted to use my life as a pastor and a leader in the church. And all of a sudden, what I didn't have, I did have, I had clear direction. Vision will bring you clear direction. See, here's the thing about vision. Vision will give you direction to run. It'll give you the ability to hold discipline and it'll give you diligence to keep moving. Like, like the reason you have no motivation to spend time with God is because you have no vision. The reason you're actually not that passionate about growing in relationship with Jesus, the reason you don't care about the Bible or there's dust on your Bible or when you're at church you're, is because you have no vision. Vision for your life always brings direction. It always brings discipline. It always brings th- th- that, that thing on the inside of you that goes, listen, I'm, I'm going after this. Habakkuk t- chapter two, listen to this verse. Habakkuk chapter two, starting in verse two, it says this. It says, then the Lord answered and said, write the, someone say it, vision. Come on, vision, say it. Someone say vision. vision. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it? I grew up as a pastor's kid. I also grew up as an apathetic church kid who wanted nothing to do with God. But I'm telling you, the moment that I felt like God speak to me and I felt like God was call, calling me to do something for him, all of a sudden it's like there was this tablet in my heart with this vision, with this, 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 this picture from God. And all of a sudden I just wanted to run after God. You need vision for your life. Number two, drop this down. Second thing that vision does is vision brings confidence and a freedom from comparison. Vision brings confidence and a freedom from comparison. I I think this is is a screen note, but I want to give you three things that that, that comparison does. Comparison, Comparison, it always discourages you. It always distracts you. And it always distorts your perspective. Am I the only one who's ever been on social media and gotten off at more discouraged about my life than I was before I got on? Am I the only one who's ever sat in a room or been around people and found myself comparing myself to them? Am I the only one who's ever looked around and went, man, I wish I, I wish I could, I, I, I wish I had. Comparison will always discourage you it will always distract you and it will always distort your ability to see accurately. What vision does though, is vision brings confidence and it kills the, 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 the need to compare. You know why it does it? Because when you really have vision for your life, something in you goes, I don't care what so-and-so's doing. I, I, I don't care about that. 
that, that, that's, that doesn't intimidate me. That doesn't bother me. Why? Because I know what God has for me. I, I remember this, this, this transition happening. I told you a minute ago, i about to graduate high school. Um, do they still do this, by the way? Any seniors in the room call you into like the guidance counselor's office to ask you if you're going to succeed at life or not? That's not really what they ask you, but going to the guidance counselor's office and having to answer a million questions. Basically, I felt like she was like, so are you going to fail in life or like succeed? Here's five questions to determine whether or not you are a, a loser. And I remember feel, feeling like, man, like I just, I'm so insecure because I, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going. From, for, from that to having this supreme confidence and no need to compare myself because I was, I was confident on the inside of what God had for me. Here's my story. I, I felt called to do something for God. And so I humbly came into my youth pastor's office. I'll never forget it. Walter Hoffman, he was the youth pastor at the time. And I walked into his office and I'm like, Pastor, pe- 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 Pastor Walter, I feel like God wants to do something with, with my life. And um, I don't know what I'm supposed to do except for, I just know that God said to me, just like stay right here and serve. And so is there, is there anything that I can, that I can do? I started interning at church. I was getting a lot of money. I was getting paid $0 an hour. Um, if you multiply that by the, by the amount of hours I was working, it was a ton of money. It was, I, was, I was raking in the cash. It's not a big deal. But um, I'm cleaning toilets. I'm stacking chairs. I'm painting walls. I, I, I used to come and, and, and do all the cleaning at night, and I put my headphones in. I got my worship music playing, and I would be just jamming in the church, painting all the walls and cleaning and and. And I was just going, going to York Tech, just getting my associate's degree. And, and I had a number of people like, what are, wh- hey, what are you doing with your life? Like, I don't, like, what's, what, but, but can I tell you, I had so much confidence on the inside. Why? Not because I was making a lot of money. Not because I had some, ama- I had so much confidence because I knew what God spoke to me. Because I had a picture of where God was taking me. I had a direction to run and a picture. Brandon, why does, why does vision bring confidence? Let's do, do a quick, quick fact check. Vision is not goals on a whiteboard. Vision is not aspiration for achievement or success. But vision is a what? Is a word from, from God. Okay, so look at this. Numbers 23, 19. Look, look at this verse. Numbers 23, 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Do you know why vision brings confidence? Because vision is not your goal. Vision is not your cheap, hollow idea of success. Vision is a word from God. And the Bible declares to us that when God says something, God makes a guarantee that he will bring it to completion. When you have a vision from God, when you have a word from God, here's the amazing thing. You are not under the pressure to do it because God said, I will make it good. You know why I had so much confidence cleaning toilets? Because I just knew what God said. I I knew God, you called me to be a pastor. I had five things in my heart. 
that I just knew God said, I'm calling you to this, to this, to this, to this. Just plant your feet right here and serve. And I just knew on the inside, I don't know what I'm doing. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know how I'm going to make money. I don't know how it's all going to work out. But what I do know is God spoke to me. And because God spoke to me, he's guaranteed he will fulfill it. He will accomplish it. Number three, jot this down. Third, third thought tonight, what vision does is vision puts a weapon in your hand to fight with. First Timothy chapter one, verse 18. This one will be quick and then we're gonna jump to the end. Paul says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecy previously made concerning you. Pause. Let's just translate Paul to, to make sense for us tonight. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the vision God has given you. Listen to this, that by them or by that vision, you would wage a good warfare. Did you hear what Paul said? Paul goes, hey, Timothy, don't forget about the vision God gave you. Hey, don't forget about the plan that God has for your life and use that plan. Remember it and use it as a weapon, as a weapon to wage a good warfare. We won't read the verses, but you should know this by now. The Bible says that we're in a fight. Anybody of you ever actually been in like a real fight before? I've never been in a real fight before. I've never been in a real fight before. I've thought about getting in a fight before. I, I thought about using some spiritual jujitsu and yelling at this lady on the phone today. Customer service made me want to curse and do lots of things. This lady, I would have fought her right there. It's like, I, th this is how immature I am sometimes. God restrained me. I, I called my wife and I'm like, you'd be so proud of me. God restrained me. This lady from customer service, I wanted so bad to go, excuse me, ma'am, you are bad at your job. You're terrible at what you do. You don't read good. They can tell you're reading a script. You're mispronouncing words. You're talking really slow. Your is, is bad. But the Bible goes, we're in a fight, an actual legitimate fight. Ephesians 6, 12 says, we're not a it's not a physical fight, but it's a spiritual battle. You better believe that the enemy is going to discourage you. You better believe the enemy is going to try to pu push you off course. You better believe the enemy is going to bring temptation. You, be you better believe the enemy is going to do everything he can to get you to not walk in God's ways. Why? Why? Because he knows that you're a born leader. He knows that God wants to use you to advance his kingdom, to reach people, to have an impact. And so he is doing everything he can do to, put, to, to push you off course. I'll never forget this. this I was almost use his name. Thank you, Jesus, for guarding my heart. I didn't use this kid's name. But I'll never forget, there was this kid. That, okay, this is, this is real. Did you know that one time I had to go to the police department and get a restraining order for a kid to never come back to our youth group? We, this is the back in the day, I think we had probably, you know, 100, 100 students in our youth ministry. And, and this one kid, I, I, God, I want to use his name so bad, but I will not. Every Wednesday for like three weeks, he'd get up in the middle, I'd be preaching. And he'd get up in the middle church and be like, hey! And he would just start like using swear words. And, and every, every week, this, we had this leader named Carl. Like Carl could have played for the Panthers. This dude, like every week he would like grab this kid and bring him out. I probably shouldn't have grabbed him, but he did. And he'd bring him outside. And finally, we're like, hey, like, like, you can't come back anymore. And, and, and I'll never forget him being like, I don't even want to come back, man. I'm not a punk. I don't need God. I was so proud of myself. I'm like, I'm like no, bro, here, here's the reality. Maybe you're not a punk, but you're getting punked. That's what's so funny to me is people that are like disconnected from God. People are like, I, I don't need God. I'm not, I'm not leaning into that. I'm not, 
what you don't realize is you're getting punked. Is that you're, you're a sucker and you're getting punked by the enemy because there is a purpose and there is a plan and God does have something for, for, for your life. And, and those who are like, I don't need God, you are getting suckered. You're getting punked by the enemy. And the enemy's after your life to stop the thing that God has for you. And Paul goes, Timothy, you, you just need to know right now that every time the enemy comes, you got to pick up that vision, that word that God's given you and use that to, to, to fight with. I, I, I may have had confidence when I like started leaning in, in, into God's call, but here's the reality. I also had a lot of discouragement. Because while I had great confidence that God, you have called me, you, 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 you do want to do something in my life. I had lots of moments where I'm like, I'm not making any money. I'm getting $0 an hour. It's not adding up. I don't know how, and I had no idea how it was going to work out. And the only thing that kept me moving forward is that the moment I'd want to quit, the moment that I, I, I'd want to throw in the towel, something in me would go, no, 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 no. Remember what God spoke to you. Remember what God said to you in Washington, D.C. on that back road. Paul goes, when you get a word from God, when you get a vision, you have a weapon to fight with. Number four, we're going to end right here. Isaiah, you can come up and play the keys. Help us to, to end uh, on, a, on, a, on a very spiritual note. But listen to this. Number four, vision. You got to know it comes from God. Vision comes from God. Vision comes from God. I'm going to read you a couple of verses. Proverbs 2.6, listen to this. Proverbs 2.6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Did you know that vision doesn't come from your imagination? Vision doesn't come from your great ideas. Vision is not found on Instagram. It is not found on TikTok. Vision is not found in your guidance counselor's office. Vision comes from God. I can't tell you how many people that have been like, Brandon, Brandon, will, will, will you just pray for me that I just like would like get a vision and no, like know God's purpose and plan. And I'll definitely pray for you that God will speak to you. But here's the reality. Vision, it, it comes when you get alone with God. Vision comes when you start going, God, I'm going to spend time with you. God, I'm going to prioritize your presence. I'm, I'm going to lean in. God, I'm going to, I'm going to spend time in your word. I'm going to spend time lifting my hands. I'm going to spend time praying. I'm, vision comes when you start seeking God. Listen to Proverbs 23, verse 23. Listen to what it says. Proverbs 23, verse 23 says, Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also, wisdom and instruction and understanding. So, someone say, you, someone, you got to buy it. So say, you got to buy it. You got to buy it. Um, have you ever been embarrassed by how much money you spent on something before? Have, have you ever spent money on something before and someone asked you how much those were and you didn't want to say because you were like, ah, don't, don't worry about it. When, when, when I graduated high school, remember, I'm a big Lakers fan. I, I, I went to Foot Locker, the Rock Hill Galleria Mall, and I bought the dopest pair of Kobe's. I still have them in my closet. They're not clean anymore, but they're still dope. And, and I remember coming home, my mom being like, how much are those? Don't worry about it, mom, it's just, is, is a gift from Jesus. It, it's funny though, like how much we'll spend on, on certain stuff. How much we'll spend on shoes, 
how much we'll spend on electronics. It, it's funny how much time, energy, and attention we will spend on trying to get acceptance and approval from people that really never will get it, give it to us. It's funny how much time and energy we spend on things that really have no significance and the Bible goes, yo, you know what you should be spending on? You know what you should be spending time? What you should be spending energy? What you should be, should be spending passion on? The Bible says, Proverbs 23, verse 23, by the truth. Do you know why a lot of people don't have vision for their life? Because it's not free. Because it's not just handed out, it is expensive. And it does not cost good works. It does not cost perfection. It, it, it does not cost you to be super spiritual. It simply costs you to be humble and hungry. Do, do, do you know why I got a word from God that, that night in Washington, D.C., downtown on the Hilton? It's not because I was like, yeah, I don't know, man, what am I going to do? And God just was like, Zazam, vision. It's because I was in that back row on my knees with big tears in my eyes, with my hands lifted going, God, speak to me. I feel so lost and I feel so confused. I feel so broken. I'm making so many dumb decisions. I'm making so many mistakes. I need to hear your voice. Vision comes when you're humble. When you stop trying to put on a front, when you stop trying to be something, vision comes when your heart gets humble and you go, I need God. I can't do it on my own. I don't have the solution. I don't have the answers. I don't, I need Jesus. And when your heart gets hungry, see, I, I can always tell what you're hungry for because that's where you spend your time, your money, your attention. You like you, you no one needs to tell me if they're hungry for God or not, I, I can always tell because you, your, life, your life shows it. When you get hungry for God, when you get hungry for God, no one has to go, hey man, you've been spending, you, no, you spend time with God because you're hungry. When I'm hungry, no one has to ask me if I'm going to Taco Bell. The answer is obviously yes, can I get an amen? amen. But, but when you get hungry for God, all of a sudden you start seeking him. You, you, you start presuming. I wish so bad that I could be like, all right, everybody tonight, come get in the line. And we're going to pray for it, but it doesn't work like that. You will get vision when your heart gets humble and when you get hungry. Can I tell you, there's nothing more valuable in life than getting vision for your life. Because vision's going to give you direction to run. Vision's going to kill that need to compare yourself. It's going to bring confidence to you. Vision is going to give you the ability to fight and to resist the enemy. And vision, it always comes from God. I, I, I wish so bad that we could close time. Like, all right, here we're going to do. We're going to sing this last worship song. And Jazam, God, doesn't work like that. You, 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 you want vision? You got to go get it. You got to get humble enough to start seeking God. You got to get hungry enough to start getting on your face before God and saying, God, I need you. Speak to me, God. Change me. You, you need hunger for God. The Bible says this, and it won't be on the screen, but the Bible says, blessed are, the, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who are hungry for God, for they shall get filled. On, on, on Sunday, Isaiah DeBanke, he's one of my favorite people in the whole world. 
and I've been making fun of Isaiah all week because on Sunday I was preaching at church and he goes, Brandon, Brandon. He's sitting in the front row before church. He goes, feed me, feed me. If you don't feed me a good sermon, I'm never coming back. Feed me. If you don't feed me from God today, I'm leaving. He's being, you know, stupid, obviously. Um, but he's being Isaiah. Um, that's not true. Isaiah is a man of God. But, but what's so funny is that that's how we think. Feed me, pastor. Feed me, church service. The reality is, I'll, I'll never forget the most baller move. Like, who says baller? I don't know. The, 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 like, like I did in seventh grade, and I'm, and I'm owning it. The most baller move. I remember sitting in, in my youth pastor's office, sitting there, and this kid walks in. He, he, he was like legit. Isaiah was kidding. He, was, he, goes, he goes, Pastor Jason. He wasn't really nerdy, but kind of in my mind, like he's, like he's a loser. He's like, Pastor Jason, I'm leaving the youth ministry. I'm never coming back. Why? I'm just not getting fed here. And I'll never, I'll never forget, Pastor Jason, what a baller. He, he goes, feed yourself. What, what, what are you, a baby? Feed yourself. Come, come or go, I don't care. But feed yourself. No one's going to feed you. The reality is no one's going to feed you. You, you got to get hungry for God. And Jesus said, do you know why some people are fed and some people are, 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 are hungry? You know why some people are full and some people are empty? Because those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.